play in to play off from now until a potential game seven in the NBA Finals. 68 days. So it's a second season. But can it belong to the team that has the best record since the All-Star break? The Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers. Let's go. Well, finally, the NBA season starts. 68 days from now until games. Kyrie says the warm-up games are over. That, that, that scares me. It really does. Play-in game one, Hawks Heat. Let's go. What Atlanta has on the line. Now, with recent reports that they could be shopping Trey Young this offseason, and what Miami comes in with. Jimmy Butler had some comments today. He's not buying yet. They're underdogs in these playoffs, even though nobody's picking them. He said nobody picked them last year. Nobody picked them this year. Nobody will pick them in 10 years. Frank Isola around the horn to you. Who are you underdogging? Who are you overdogging? How will tonight be won? Well, the problem with Miami is they've just been mostly a dog all season long. You learned a lot about them in late March when the Brooklyn Nets went down there and both teams were playing for sixth place. And they lost by 29 to the Brooklyn wow. Nets at home. That's all I needed there we to go. know That's all about the Miami Heat. You needed to know. But here's the other reason why no one's picking them. If they win this game, they get Boston. They lose this game and then win the eight, you know, get the eight seed, they play Milwaukee. Good luck. They're not beating either one of those teams. Both those teams are too big, too much talent, and Miami has just been a mediocre team all season. Ooh, you're, I don't want to say you're, you're – Hatred for Miami, but that was the first word that came out. I mean, it is, it's going on three decades here, Frank. This is an amazing run here. Uh, we'll go to Pablo Torre. I don't think you addressed tonight's game at all, but Pablo Torre on Hawks and Heat tonight. Yeah, I was going to say, I wanted to just make fun of Jimmy Butler just being a method underdog who refuses to acknowledge that he's just constantly performing the underdog role to the point where he cannot admit that he's but an underdog But they're not underdogs anymore. tonight versus Atlanta. But tonight, Tony, is the thing, and that's why I'm picking the Heat. Like, Trey Young is the story here. I know we'll get to him in a different way in a second, but Trey Young, no one guards him better than Eric Spolstra and Gabe Vincent have when they beat him in five games last year. Trey Young is somebody who in the postseason against the Heat has shrunk. And Jimmy, but Jimmy Butler, Tony, in the playoffs, he has a relationship with the postseason that is like a werewolf with the moon. Like, he just starts killing people. He becomes aggressive. No one can stop him. He is his best self. And he is terrifying to stop. So give me that part of the ledger as opposed to, yeah, Atlanta. Harry Lyles Jr., well, at least as far as tonight goes, the Heat are 4.5 uh, favorites. So that's not the case tonight, obviously. Uh, to Pablo's point, though, with Jimmy Butler in the postseason, he does become a different type of player. For active players that are averaging 20 points per game or more, there are only two players that their points, rebounds, and assists per game get better when they enter the postseason. Jimmy Butler is one of them, and Paul George is the other. And I know which one of those guys I trust in the postseason, and it is definitely Jimmy Butler, not Paul George. Ooh. Now, with the Atlanta Hawks, this Miami Heat team, we saw them play in the postseason the past couple of years, and it did not go well for them, particularly last year, exactly, excuse me, but... I don't think that this is going to be the issue for the Miami Heat. I think it's going to be like Frank said when they have to play Boston. Uh, and the good news for the Hawks is in all of this is they are one of the best teams of all time in terms of staying within the 500 range, 33 games in a row this season that they stayed within that range. So if they lose tonight, which they probably will, at least they'll win the next one. Okay, all right. Yeah, Mina Kimes now. <laughs> well, maybe don't hedge like uh, landscaping with Lyles over here. Please go ahead. <laughs> 
<laughs> Apparently, the real dog is Playoff P, who's at home catching strays for no reason from Harry. I'm um, stunned by that. Jimmy's that comments are kind of funny because he's saying they're an underdog, but in doing so, he's looking past the heat to the playoffs where they actually will be underdogs. And to everyone's point, um, he's right to do so. The Heat are favorites for a reason. Despite the fact that the Hawks Hawks actually finished with a higher net rating and that Miami's offense is downright painful to watch at times, they're the unanimous favorites here uh, for a number of reasons. The playoff history between these two teams, the fact that their stifling switching defense seems to contain Trey Young, although the addition of Murray should help a little bit in regard in that regard and then the fact that Jimmy Butler in the playoffs truly is magical and if we're going one game those two stars I am going to ride with Jimmy. Frank Solo back in after the horn. Boy all these magical moments from Jimmy Butler you guys are going to have to remind me I know he was very good in the bubble I remember losing a second round series to Toronto when Kawhi Leonard hit a magical shot at the buzzer. You know Atlanta has been the best offensive team in the NBA since March that's one thing But explain to me the Miami Heat. Think about this. They finished behind Cleveland, the Knicks, and the Nets. When the season began, nobody thought that that was going to happen. And I think Kyle Lowry falling off, it was eventually going to happen. I think that's had something to do with it. Jimmy Butler is their one superstar. I give you that. But in order for him to win a playoff series against either Milwaukee or the Boston Celtics, good luck. Who you got tonight, Frank? Atlanta? Because this is, we're still talking about tonight. Atlanta or Miami? Of course it's Miami. All right, you avoid that from Thank you. Holding on to grudges with Miami like Jeff Van Gundy on Alonzo Morning's leg here. (laughs) Unbelievable, Frank. We'll move on to a a, a deeper story here on the Atlanta Hawks. Because the Trey Young of it all, Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer, suggesting that the Hawks front office has the green light from ownership to do whatever it wants with the roster in the offseason, which suggests. They could consider shopping Trey Young. Harry, you're on the ground in Atlanta doing the hedges, as we said. Would it make sense for the Hawks to trade Trey Young? What would that mean? I think it could make sense. Look, you've got a new head coach that you just signed to a five-year deal. Your team still went 500. It's hard for him to put things in place that he wants to do in that sort of time. So anything has to be on the table, especially when you consider you've got a new GM in Landry Fields and a new assistant GM in Kyle Korver. Uh, But Trey Young has been one thing that does stick out in this equation in terms of Lloyd Pierce leaving, in terms of Nate McMillan leaving. They did not get along. They had very public headbuttings there. I think the one thing that makes this very interesting and might make the Hawks at least think twice about it is the fact that this city still has a very poor relationship with the Hawks in terms of at least, well, maybe not a poor relationship, but a memory in terms of, hey, you traded away Dominique Wilkins for basically nothing, and a lot of people still remember that and feel a type of way about it, and are you going to do that with the guy who has been the most exciting player that this city has seen since Dominique? I think that's one thing that we're going to see. I think it would make sense, at least to consider, but I don't know that it's going to actually happen. Pablo Torre? Yeah, look, um, the good news for Atlanta Hawks fans is that Trey Young is not Dominique Wilkins. And I believe that this is for a couple of reasons. And I think one of them, Tony, is that as you build a team around him, the question you have to ask is, can he be the best player on a title winning team? And the only way to do that, because he is such a minus defensively and because he is somebody who needs the ball all of the time, is to surround him with guys like DeJounte Murray. And they have been 
a totally mediocre 500 team, as Harry pointed out. And keep in mind, I'm somebody who has seen and been traumatized by Trey Young at his best against the Knicks, against the Sixers two years ago. I know what he's capable of. He's an incredible performer. But in terms of contending with him, he has so many liabilities that you need a team built around him in such a way that they've tried to do it. Four coaches in six years, new running mates, none of it's worked. I think you have to consider blowing it up. Frank, you've seen Trey Young up close, and, and I know you like his game a lot. You like how rugged he is and his, his attitude. Could they possibly trade him this offseason? I, I, I think they could. I think they're going to. And I, I say this about uh, Trey Young. First of all, he's a tough player. He plays all the time. He scores a lot. He led the league in total assists this year. Yes. And to Harry's point, a like a lot of great players, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, on their resume, they all have blood on their, ha- coach, on their hands from a coach that they ousted. He had two already mm. his young, at this point of his career. But Pablo brought up a good point. Can he be your best player? He's undersized. So, you know, you're going to have to surround him with the perfect team. You put him on the Celtics with that front line, all right, that's a different story. But he's a ball-dominant guard, and he's undersized. But, and this is a big one, and Harry touched on this, the guy is a big-time draw. Fans want to go see him play. You know, he resonates with kids, much like Steph Curry does. So I think from a marketing standpoint, there could be a lot of organizations that are saying, you know what, he's good enough, and he's going to bring people to the building. But you think they do trade him this offseason? To Brooklyn? Whoa, you put it out there, too. Okay, Mina Kimes, I'll go to you. Yeah, well, I think they're going to have to consider it because, as everyone's saying, it's, it feels like this team has hit a wall. They've made the changes around him, trading for Murray, the coaching change, and the things that he struggled at have not improved. The passivity off the ball, the defense, plus they're pretty capped out, so it's hard to see a path for this team to get better. The problem is I don't actually think there are many trade partners out there, given his limitations, given the kind of team you need around him, and also given the fact that the bar for a trade, the Rudy Gobert trade, well, that's not looking so good right now, and that might affect his value, too. That bar is there. Somebody's under a bar right now with that trade, and let's talk about <laughs> that game tonight. Play in number two, Timberwolves, Lakers. Here's what's going on with Minnesota. Gobert, who, as Mina just said, they reworked half the franchise for last summer, out for punching Anderson. McDaniels out for punching Cinderblock. They make the Lakers right now look boring and even keel. This is while the Lakers could be poised for a run here since the All-Star break. As good as anybody in the West, as good as anybody anywhere. So, Pablo, is there any way Minnesota can be in the right space and shape to play L.A. tonight, and is tonight more about Minnesota or Los Angeles? Yeah, I'm trying to spin this for the T-Wolves, and the only way to spin it is that it's a one-game series. And so, good luck. Congratulations on the roulette wheel nature of this. But the reality of what they've lost with Jaden McDaniels and, of course, with Rudy Gobert is those are the two best defenders on the team who are specifically there to stop Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Jaden McDaniels is an all-defense caliber player. Rudy Gobert is a guy who should be most equipped in the league to stop Anthony Davis. And so, no, against a team like the Lakers, great defense. I just don't see the case against the Lakers. Frank Isola. My favorite part of the story is Draymond Green weighing in on it. Because, of course, Draymond Green punched a teammate. Not only was he not suspended, the first game that he played, and he got a hug from the commissioner, and he got a championship ring. Why is that? Because the Warriors know how important Draymond Green is, and they don't want to lose him. This is different. If the players on the Timberwolves said, we need him in L.A., we, he has to be there, he would have been on that plane. I also think something else is at work. They know if they lose this game, they're getting either New Orleans or Oklahoma City at home. And then they would match up 
possibly with Denver if they win that game. So they have a little of a bit of a leeway to act tough with Rudy Gobert in this situation because I think the team, the players, that is, also wanted him suspended. Peter Kimes? Yeah, I mean, outside of maybe the Roy family, I don't think anyone took a bigger L on Sunday than the <laughs> T-Wolves because they could well, not have hurt themselves anymore in this particular game for the reasons we've talked about when it comes to the defense of Rudy Gobert. Anthony Davis has crushed them the last two times they played. But also, Jaden McDaniels, not only is he one of the better defensive players in the league, he's actually the best defensive player in the NBA versus LeBron. He holds him to the lowest field goal percentage of any player. So to not have him is brutal. Their only chance, I think, is Anthony Edwards just going nuclear. Okay, so everybody's got complete and utter L for Minnesota here. Harry Lyles? Last word on you. Hey, let's make it four. Uh, because, yeah, to Mina's point, the fact that they lost Rudy Gobert and suspended him was one thing, and I think that was easy because, to Frank's point, you're probably going to lose this game regardless, and then it becomes easier. You play on your home court, you eventually get a seed, and you get to play against the Nuggets, right? But the fact that you're losing both of your two, honestly, best rim protectors in this game, to me is like, okay, fine. Like, let's get in, get out, and let's move on with this thing because the Lakers are clearly the more stronger team at this point. Who would ever think the Lakers would be second second conversation in that game here? So, Frank, once again, you move forward, but you have you have the Lakers in this game as well, right? Oh, yeah. Lakers-Memphis, they could beat them, too. Mm-hmm. Buy or sell on the other side. Did something happen on Sunday in succession? <laughs> that, we'll talk offline. That was Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Aaliyah Boston, number one to Indiana. Diamond Miller, number two to Minnesota. Draft going to form and then... How many Gamecocks? Four more. Five of 36. Almost 15% of this draft, South Carolina. The emotion and the style of the night, always fun to watch. Being drafted, a crowning achievement for all players. But the next two weeks will not be easy to make a roster, as we've seen over and over, even for first-rounders in this league. Frank Isola, what to buy from last night's draft? 
Well, the pride of St. Thomas, Aaliyah Boston, Indiana first ever uh, number one pick, overall pick in franchise history. They got a franchise-changing player. Also, Haley Jones, who for me is a Swiss Army knife of college basketball. You know, she, what, she doesn't do this, she doesn't do that. You know what she does? She wins. And I also, one other thing, I love the pace of that draft. NFL, NBA, take notice. That thing keeps moving. That's an enjoyable watch. That's right, Frank. Worried about the pacing and beating the traffic. Getting out of there. Pablo Torre, how about you? Yeah, Alexis Morris at LSU, Tony. We watched her in the title yeah. game, have 21. She goes in the second round of Connecticut Sun, a great pickup. But I cannot help but sell, again, the pace scale for these players. We just talked about Aaliyah Boston. She's going to make less than $77,000. In her first year in the WNBA, the reason why players are going to stick around in college, like Caitlin Clark, like Angel Reese, it's because you might get paid, you probably will definitely get paid more via NIL in college, and you will walking across that stage, which is crazy. Ira Lowe's Jr. Obviously the favorite winners because you got the generational talent in this draft in Aaliyah Boston, but you also kept Grace Berger at home from IU. You're going to have a lot of people coming up to Indianapolis from Bloomington to come watch her play basketball. And if you're the fever, you got a very tough, hard playing guard that you're going to need in order to have success and turn that franchise around. I thought that was a really great pick as well. First reaction, seeing all those South Carolina players, I still can't believe they didn't win. I'm not bitter about my pick, but that's not the point. We're looking forward to the future, and Aaliyah Boston, absolutely a no-brainer pick. But for Indiana, there is a lot of pressure to produce immediately. This might be their first number one pick, but Frank, they've had five lottery picks the last five years and still haven't made it to the playoffs. That's the longest drought in the WNBA. A lot of pressure on Boston to make a difference. Pablo, you brought up the pay scale. That is a front-page headline story in this draft. So is... 50% of the drafted players are really going to have to fight for a position yeah. right? and the roster size in this league. That's something else to watch for. Maybe more. Yeah. NFL draft, 16 days away. Let's talk about that now. A report today from Adam Schefter that there's a lot of interest in the number three pick. Six teams reportedly have called the Arizona Cardinals to see if they would consider trading the number three pick. Mina Kimes, what are you hearing? What does it mean? Well, what it means is that it is increasingly likely that this draft will go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback at the top, which is, of course, exciting. Uh, for Arizona, though, it presents an interesting choice. We don't know those teams, but I can tell you right now, one of them is Indianapolis at four. Everybody knows they want a quarterback. <laughs> and for Arizona, they're going to have to choose between going back just one spot and still getting Will Anderson, who's the best edge rusher, or going back further and getting a haul. I think because of the state of roster, they have to seriously consider going back further, but that's going to ultimately be up to them. Arlal Jr. Yeah, I think I agree with Mina that they're going to have to go back even further because they just watched a lot of guys walk this offseason, right? Like, they haven't done a whole lot of things to build this team around Kyler Murray, who's still there and is going to be there for a while. And picking Will Anderson, while I think he's probably the best player in this draft, he's not going to solve this problem. So I think you got to get as much as you can for this pick. Pablo Torre. But I just want to zoom out too, Tony, on the fact that few things are more enticing to other teams than raiding the stockpile of a deeply dysfunctional organization. The coach is different. The GM is different. The, the owner now is in question. If you want to negotiate with anybody in this draft, it feels like the Cardinals might have the most vulnerability across the board. So yes, wise to put incoming calls on the board there. Right, guys. Now I know why Mina wanted to see my pre-show notes. She said exactly what I was going to say. Here's what the Cardinals are going to do. Unless you know for sure you want that player that high, why wouldn't you trade out of it? You can get more assets. 
It's they are not ready to win. They have too many holes to fill, and right now they're going to give their quarterback at least one more chance with a new coach. Indianapolis at four could want to move up for a quarterback and be assured a quarterback over some other team. Any other teams meaning that you have a sneaking suspicion is in play here? Well, Tennessee is the worst kept secret in the NFL right now as a team that's interested in moving up. Maybe the worst capped secret in the NFL is Florida quarterback. <laughs> Harry Lyle Jr., Frank Isola. Ooh, a Kimes Tory showdown. Next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Mina Kimes, Pablo Torre, it's baseball. We're going streaking. So what's the more impressive streak here in the game right now? The Rays, 10 straight wins to start the season. Jordan Walker, 10 straight games with a hit to start his major league career. Or Andrew Heaney's nine straight strikeouts to tie the American League record yesterday. Mina Kimes, around the horn to you. I got to go with the Rays just simply because of time. The last time teams won this many games in a row was the Brewers in 1987. I mean, Heaney's accomplishment alone, Tyler Alexander did like two years ago. So for me, it's the Rays. Pablo Torre. But hold on. Some statistics should be evaluated by the records that are kept. The other names that are behind that person. And he broke Nolan Ryan's record, Tony, with the Rangers. Granted, I'm a strikeout fetishist. But anytime you can wait, break wait, wait, wait. Nolan Ryan's record <laughs> for strikeouts, I feel like you should be the answer to that trivia question. So give me Andrew Heaney, please. The of, Rays are good and all uh, that. The amount of strikeouts in the game now is, is totally – I'm going to give the point to Mina. For me, it's Jordan Walker because at his age, to start a career, you got to go back 120 years uh, for anyone to have done that. We'll move on. The two – Inertia-defying, logic-defying fair balls down the Mets' third baseline in the same inning last night. Pablo, as we show you this, is this good karma or good groundskeeping? Oh, this is groundskeeping, Tony. I mean, Buck Showalter said it. He shouted out Bill Deacon, the groundskeeper. This has been a year of groundskeeping. The sod father got killed for his work in the Super Bowl. Bill Deacon gets the shout-out for the home field advantage. Uh-huh. Okay, if Pablo's a strikeout fetishist, I'd like to use this opportunity to come out as a bunt fetishist because those were perfect bunts. So well done. They get deserve as much credit as the groundskeeper. And I'd also like to advocate for the MLB considering something they do in Korea, which is a bunt king competition, an all-star weekend. Look it up. It's incredibly entertaining. There was only one bunt there. The other was a swinging situation. But I agree with you. Wiki bunts. FaceTime. Mina Kime. She owns this matchup over Pablo Torres. Chicks dig the short ball. Uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to Cliff Kingsbury, who was recently hired as offensive analyst for USC. Some guys just have the luck. I mean, consider what's happened to him since he's been fired. Takes a one-trip, one-way ticket to Thailand. I guess not really, because he came back. Now he gets to work with Caleb Williams, who's the best college quarterback. And while doing it, he's still going to get paid by the Cardinals because he's not back in the NFL for a long time. Cliff, man, some guys just have all the luck. 
pretty good spot for him, though. You don't have to be head coach, which I think we've proven how that goes, but gets to work with another great young quarterback. 23 and a half hour break. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy birthday, Miriam!